Don't, don't ever talk to us again. Racist rhinos. And who was that? Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Bush. Bush. Romney. 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 No, not right now. Romney. All of them boys. All of y'all. John McCain. All of you. But he died. But he's still a racist rhino. You understand what I'm saying? So, y'all think y'all gonna get away with this? You're not gonna get away with this here. Because blacks for Trump is here. That's right. That's right. Daniel anointed Cyrus, and we gonna anoint Trump as Cyrus to rock, wipe out all of the Democrat Confederate rebels. That's right. And all of the racist rhino Republicans who are all bastards from hell That's right. That's and right. slave masters. You know who you equal, right? Ron? You equal Dathan. Dathan was the governor in Egypt. He tried to talk about so we can get some of the flesh pots for free. Welcome back to Why Are We Like This? I'm David Quinones, uh, your host. I am joined once again by Tomas Kennedy, my co-host Tomas. You just got back from some fun stuff, right? Reporting from the front line. <laughs> and if Tomas is here, from, joining from me... Beta land. <laughs> from Betaland. From Betaland. Uh... <laughs> They're calling it hashtag disaster. Um, and if Tomas is here, that means, uh, of course, I'm joined as well by my other co-host, Gerald Doherty. Jer, what's up, man? I'm I'm wonderful. <laughs> I, I felt, you know, um, the biblical description of an angel, the eyes and the wings yeah. and everything. That's what it felt like today to be in the presence of one of those. <laughs> but why? What felt uh, so angelic? What made us feel like we were in... A, uh, in the presence of um, some, court of, some sort of deity. Uh, it was the, uh, the, the launch of a presidential campaign that may be um, dead before even taking its first breaths. Baby bird uh, guys, not leaving that nest. Yeah. Like, on a, I mean, like, we're gonna have a lot of time to joke about this and fuck around about uh, Ron DeSantis's wonderful, um, you know, presidential bid announcement, the campaign announcement uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter tonight, just like pretty much every other podcast like ours is probably doing right now but i just wanted to like start by saying like what i said to 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 gerald before you got on thomas i i listened to the whole thing and i feel like not joking around i feel really bad it made me feel very bad like inside i, yeah. I feel like shit having heard no, that whole fucking thing i have to disagree and maybe maybe this is the stuff that podcasts have made i have to disagree i feel rejuvenated i feel I, I feel like I've seen like beyond the horizon. I have the recording here. Um, God, please. Was please. I I I, ha- I isolate. If it's all right, I'm gonna play uh, one of my favorite parts. Uh, was it from the recording? Hang on. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Jer, if you have headphones on, we won't be able to hear it. Shh. All right. I'm all right. Sorry, everyone. David interrupted. I'm gonna rewind. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hit play again. <laughs> This was my favorite part too. Shh, David. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just went on like that. It was like we said beforehand we were going to learn more about Elon Musk than we did about Ron DeSantis from this event, and I I thought I was going to learn about his like 
you know, his like venture into culture war to like become the meme basically and how that was going to play with a national figure. And what we actually learned about Elon Musk is just why it was that Twitter is worth half of what it was the day he bought it. Like we saw it, we saw it and listened to it with our own ears. But this is why I love Twitter. Like Twitter is the best social media app because it gives us these moments. Like, it's so perfect. Like it, this could not happen in any other platform. Indisputably, the best social media app. Like king, queen. Well, this is like. I mean, it's the same logic where like, if I ever find myself in a situation where where I, I have to talk somebody out, like down off of a ledge, not like taking their own life. The way that I would always do it is like you never like my my, my rationale for never wanting to kill myself is like you never know what kind of funny shit you're going to miss. Like you kill yourself and there's something so stupid and funny that might happen the next day. Yep. And no matter how depressed you are and how bad things feel, you you should get to experience that dumb shit. Um so if, in case for some reason you don't know what you didn't get Jerry's joke, uh if maybe somehow you've stayed off the internet for the past however many hours, um, Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign announcement on Twitter that was supposed to go on Twitter Spaces uh, underwent a, a rapid, unscheduled disassembly along with Twitter Spaces itself. Um, it didn't work for the for I don't know about you guys. I, I was listening as as um, Elon about Musk. Like nine minutes. Yeah, like it. it I, for me, it was like twenty minutes before they managed to yeah. figure out to move over to um, venture fund psycho fellow South African um, David Sachs feed because yeah. he has. The way that they spun it live is they said that he has this was great. He has fewer followers, and whenever you, whenever Elon does anything, it's just critical mass. It's much too big. It's like meanwhile, Buzzfeed blew up a fucking watermelon and got like two million viewers like a year and a half ago. Like I was telling Jer, I was telling you guys in the chat, um, the Victoria's Secret in like 1999 streamed way bo- years before Twitter streamed. A halftime Super Bowl show that got like 10 million viewers. And that was, I like, come on, this is fucking bullshit. You make shitty yeah. products. Gerald, you like shared a picture of the Cybertruck and said that that should be our our uh, our, our episode image. I, I think so. This is what he does. He, he sells you on how wonderful the, the future is going to be. And the way he does that is by handing off the responsibilities to another person to be the CEO. <laughs> like, that's what he does. He's, he's just a little... Uh, uh, a little action figure for for people to play with in the privacy of their own minds. But the actual work has to get done by other people. In this case, the engineers that he fired and clearly didn't replace sufficiently. Uh, I, this was so predictable because the most buggy part of Twitter has always been like the spaces. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really would have loved to been a fly on the wall at the governor's mansion or whatever that fucking lunatic was doing DeSantis was doing the Twitter space from because he was probably fucking freaking out sweating yelling at the fucking hyper online dumbass advisors that fucking roped him into this stupid fucking idea and then I I don't want to like speed up too much or get ahead of ourselves here you know, okay, so there's like nine minutes of silence or whatever. Then the space is just crashing over and over and over again. Elon speaks, trying to introduce for like a minute. It crashes. Finally, yeah, David, like 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, they figure it out. The set, like Elon Musk comes in. 
he sounds flustered. DeSantis finally comes in. He like sounds annoyed. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And then the, the worst part of it is that there's no video to this. Right. So there's nothing you can clip. Like, what is the fastest growing social media site aside aside from Chat GPT and these AI like sites? It's TikTok. You know what yeah. I mean? And Instagram Reels in a lot of way, and even Twitter, which is you know like a, a huge social media platform. It's moving towards like a video streaming right. orientation. Right. How fucking stupid are you that you make a presidential campaign announcement and you have no video? For that to be replicated on earned media, traditional media, social media. And then the worst part is that Ron DeSantis' voice, not his strong suit. So you just have this aggrieved, nasally sounding pussy. Whiny, yeah. Whiny. Yeah. It was just horrible. Yeah. But also yeah. delicious for people it was, like us. It was very like, it, like one adjective I would use to describe broadly his presentation was bitch made it was a very bitch made you know yeah. presentation that he was absolutely cooked like it's terrible if i'm tucker carlson and i've just signed myself to a contract with this site god knows what the contract is you're telling me and we obviously we know this is bullshit but you're telling me i'm only going to be able to to broadcast effectively to 100,000 people at a time right. When I used to pull in what two million, three million. Tucker Tucker has that many. Was. Tucker has that many viewers in Pensacola County. Like yeah. he has that many. Come you on. know, like and and they can't. Can you guys imagine a, one of the lamestream legacy like NPR? Right. Like let's say that you're the book. Let's say you're the Liz Warren campaign, and you're like I'm trying to think of like the dorkiest, nerdiest, most mm-hmm. online potential you know campaign on the other side and you're like no you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do a more erudite you know uh launch we're gonna do something with fucking diane ream or whatever on 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 npr and then it's like sorry just wait can you bear with us for a half hour while we figure out how to do the basic thing that our core function fucking is like broadcasting just give us a little bit of time this is our first uh our first fucking rodeo I want to launch on MySpace, and I want uh, John De Podesta to uh, to host and moderate, and that'll be <laughs> on, yeah. On the Tucker point, I, I kind of agree with you guys, but like that's not a perfect analogy because again, Tucker wants to do a show with video, right? right. right. That's not what we did. We did here, right? Like that's not what the, the right. DeSantis people did. They launched a presidential campaign again. Back to my point on just like a Twitter space. There's no video. For yeah. them to like, they are going to have to like redo this. Like, what's there? Do you guys? What? What are, what are the? What, what's your wager? What's your wager on whether or not there was a camera in the room at all documenting this purportedly for like you and I, we, the three of us all like joke and we know that DeSantis is going to get his dick kicked in, but like for them, they have to believe that this is a historic important moment. Do they have a fucking camera in the room at all? Like, is anybody documenting this shit? Maybe. I mean, m- maybe there is. We don't know. But even that, that's not like engaging footage. You know what I mean? Like what them sitting in a table or whatever. Like it's just like stupid and hyper online. And, you know, I I forgot who had this tweet, but like the tweet said, this is what happens when you have a bunch of fucking hyper online lunatics as your advisors and staff. They give you stupid advice like this. People, I mean, I'm a poster. I have a lot of fucking followers on Twitter, but it's just Twitter. Like no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like... uh, how like if I ran for president and I never would and I don't think I would do particularly well, but if somebody was like, hey, let's launch 
the campaign on Twitter, I'd be like, no, like that's a stupid idea. That's and a I'm shitty concerned place to do it. Give me that, that, that idea. Yeah. It, like, I'm not going to fire you right now, but like, don't, you really, like, I need you to do better. You know, like, what the fuck? No bad ideas except for that one, Joe. You got to do better than that. That's well, a fucking bad idea. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, launching my presidential campaign on a fucking Twitter space with a right wing billionaire, like, dumb. Yeah. If if your whole message is that you have the ear of the masses, why would you go on a platform where the masses can't speak or applaud or cheer or anything? It's just it's, three it's guys fucking in a room. kabuki theater. That's one of the things that infuriated me the most about it. And I might sound like a uh, like as normy as can possibly be, but like that pissed me off hearing them talk about this democratization against like corporate media. This is a motherfucker that owns multiple corporations. It is not anti-corporate media he owns multiple yeah. media corporations it, it, this was such a democratic event that only three people were allowed to be heard right. even the the applause of a crowd would you couldn't hear it and not because no one wanted to maybe there were a few but everyone else had the mute button on because they had yeah. to be muted so that did you guys request to speak talk. did you guys request to speak at all i requested no, no, I, I requested too, but of course not but to, to that point one of the going back to like is this a good idea or not for particularly for DeSantis, one of the main criticisms of him is that he's a fucking socially awkward loser who can't relate to people. I mean, did you guys see that video at the New Hampshire diner where he's like, oh, yeah. yes. Wow, sure smells good here. I'll tell you that. And then some fucking like, you know, New Hampshire white guy walks up to him and he's like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Bob Sanders. And DeSantis is like, oh, okay. And then walk, okay. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Say, great, you're doing Whoa. a good job. And it's yeah, like, okay, yeah. okay. Wow, nice to meet you. Uh, where did you drive from? Thanks so much. You know, I could, I'm, I'm sure counting on your vote. I really need it. You know, I don't know. Like, don't say okay when somebody's introducing themselves to you. And then you, you have all these criticisms that you're like a socially awkward freak. And then you have like your campaign launch. On Twitter, like look, he, he's a prof- he's a profoundly like oh. apart from apart from Laura Loomer's diagnosis of him being on the spectrum. He is. Yeah, a- I interviewed Laura Loomer today, and she said that he's on the spectrum. Not my words. Lots of people are saying it, not me. Many people she's are saying the, it. She's on the she's on the pol- he's on the political right. spectrum. So look, yep. I I had said before I had said before this episode started, like maybe this could just be a bit of a notebook dump. Obviously, our governor. The state of Florida, we are a Florida podcast, is running, officially running for president, surprising uh, precisely zero people. Um, But, and I want to try to order it this way if you guys are down for this. I want to, so far we've had sort of a talk about the aesthetics and the, the, you know, the, the, the look and the sort of pageantry around this few more things I'd, I'd like to say about that. I'm sure you guys do too, because it was such a disaster. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to go too long without actually talking about some of the substance of the shit that was said. Because yeah. I think that we're in danger of missing some incredible... I mean, Christopher Rufo laid out his plan for the education, the higher education system in Florida on this, on this call. It's chilling. Yeah. It's truly chilling. Um, yeah. And then Tomas did some really important work uh, with hundreds of other folks um, down to, in downtown Miami today, and I want to talk about that too. But... First, guys, can we talk about Jared? Maybe Tomas Tomas doesn't know about this because he wasn't on early before. Um, can we talk about cascading style sheets, CSS, and the way that you and the way that you design websites? So I would love to talk about websites and web design. I would love to do that as well. Aesthetics, yes. So one of the key um, tenets of uh, web design is you know using cascading style sheets in HTML to create. Um, reactive websites or what they call um uh uh uh, what the fuck is the word um 
you know, adjustable websites. They look good on the phone. They look good on on uh, an iPad. They look good on you know on on your screen. Tomas, can you do me a favor and visit rondesantis.com on your computer right now, not on your laptop? I mean, I'm sorry, not on your um, not on your iPhone, but on your actual on your actual computer. rondesantis.com rondesantis.com oh, his official website. Please, please check this. this. Please do this. What the <laughs> <laughs> so I bring up the concept of ca- cascading style sheets and what many other people just know as CSS to to, to, to point out, I hate to promote Ron DeSantis's website, but guys. I, I don't. If you're wa- listening to this right now, go to that website before they change it. Before they change it, and they will change it. Go to the website. I have, go to the website. I have never, in all the projects that I've worked on in my career in communications, uh, website launches, I have never seen a fuck up in this direction where yep. they, they design the website first for mobile and then forget to do the responsiveness. Yes. For um, you know, for for ten, uh, you know, what we call nineteen twenty by ten eighty, or like you know, regular browser size. Um, in in layman's terms, it is usually a question: How are we going to get the desktop version of our website to be friendly with mobile? And they have solved this problem by not having a desktop version of their website. They're going all mobile. If you needed visual proof that this is an internet-y campaign, this is it. They made a mobile website for desktop. Ter- terminally <laughs> online. Terminally and online. And when you hit refresh, his head does the little jiggle that he does in real life. What? Hit refresh on the page. His head jiggles, it jiggles like it does. It does. And the logo it does, does a too. jiggle. The logo the j- does a jiggle. And so... <laughs> When I tell you that this is the most wonderful day I've had, this is what I mean. <laughs> Maybe don't have the head jiggle on the website <laughs> because people are going to point out that your head jiggles even in the virtual world. <laughs> no one around him could possibly love him because someone would have said, don't do They must this. deeply hate him. Don't are do this. about this? No, I just went to his website on desktop. I was like, I want to see what the swag is like. There's, There's no, no swag. <laughs> This was just me being a no freak swag. and seeing no, this. No swag, all wiggle. That's it. Yes, it's all jiggle. There's no swag. It's all jiggle. <laughs> and we're sure that this is his official website. This is powered by WinRed. At the bottom, powered by WinRed, which is like their version of Act Blue. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and what's crazy to me is that the footer is properly um, styled. Insane. Insane. This, this, the footer is responsive. So somebody has to, what that tells me is in the process of, you know, I mean, you guys have worked with candidates before. You know how this works, right? You get you get a little toolkit, I imagine, when you decide yes. that you're going to run aligned with the with the party, right? They're like, here's the yeah. website you build. Here's the link. Here's the, you know, here's where you bank. Here's your, you know, forms that you have to fill out and shit. And this, like to see that the, that this was something I didn't notice at first, Jer, to see that the, um, that the footer is appropriately formatted. Yes. It's completely backs your take that this is active hatred from those closest yes. to him. Like yes. actually they don't love you. They don't. If you're listening to this, Ron, they don't love you. <laughs> they, they would have stopped they you if they loved you. you. <laughs> there were so many opportunities to fucking fix this. Someone put that head jiggle in there because they hate working for you. That's why they did this to you. They're <laughs> MAGA agents, bro. <laughs> They're agents of MAGA. Eight MAGA sleeper cells have been activated. 
<laughs> um, so we had several minutes of silence that started uh, on Twitter on on Elon's Twitter page. Um, random throat clearing. Uh, a lot of really fun, you know, if you if you didn't hear the thing the first time, don't worry, just wait half a second because there was an echo so you can hear it again. Uh, a lot of that going on. Some muffle commentary. Um, DeSantis just dropped out at one point and said, fuck this. And then they moved over to David Sachs' feed, um, which, sure, that's the reason that it was a problem. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to mention, as long as we're, like, talking about the, the high-level shit and the aesthetics and the, the, um, the pageantry or whatever... One word, not once uttered during the entire one hour, um, during the entire one hour event. Property insurance, no, not that was not uttered either. Uh, but the one that struck me the most was the word Trump. Not once by any of the people involved in this campaign, in, in, involved in the uh, in this event, uh, any of the sycophants that were you know glazing him and and, and sucking him off, or, or Elon. N- nobody mentioned the uh, the the big boy in the room. And like I don't know, T. To what do you? To, I mean, I can think of a few reasons, but to what do you owe that? Because he is a pussy and beta, bro. Like nobody wants that smoke. Nobody wants that smoke. <laughs> Meanwhile, fucking Ron put out a fucking press. I mean, Donald put out a press release calling him Rob. Rob, like not even calling him by his name. Put out a, a put out a press release saying like, of course he's having. His his uh, his uh, campaign announcement on Twitter, so he doesn't have to interact with real people. He's been roasting him all day, all week, yep. for several months now. He's been roasting him, like bro, like you are running against Trump. I, I don't know what yep. the calculation here is that like Trump is gonna get a like Trump can run from prison and he would still win constitutionally. Still win. He's allowed to do that. I don't understand the calculation here. At some point, you're gonna have to punch back, bro. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I was going to say, on the um, on the spaces, they talked about COVID. Um, and they talked about all the figures of authority um, during COVID um, that, you know, immiserated all of us. The, the, uh, the uh, ideological screeners at YouTube. Um, there was the CDC and the WHO and all these health agencies. The biomedical state. Um, and yes, and all the rest, and you start to wonder. I wonder. How, I wonder <laughs> if there was anyone else in charge yeah. <laughs> during COVID that you might be running. That you might be running against in the primary. No, just pretend. Just pretend he doesn't exist. Even when you're talking about the timeline where he was president, and you have complaints about how things went. You can't stick that you won't because you're afraid that he'll come after you and he will anyway. And you think you could just ignore him to death. Just pretend he didn't he didn't exist. But the, thing- <laughs> the ultimate authority is the, the YouTube, you know, uh, editorial section or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. The thing is also no one gives a shit about COVID anymore. No one wants yeah. to hear about it. We no one wants to think about it. it. No one wants to. Yeah. No, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. Liberals don't want to wear a mask. Conservatives don't want to wear a mask. We don't want to hear about masks. We don't want to hear about. We don't want to hear about that shit anymore. Honestly, it, it, they're freaks. They're still obsessing over quarantine and masks and the vaccines. And most people have moved on with their lives. You know, the big, the, people, the biggest either, enemy. Yeah, the biggest enemy to, of any COVID, the, uh, of any COVID, um, uh, you know, mitigation stuff that that like you're talking about, T, has been Joe Biden. I mean, like, and if you go down that road, you. 
rhetorically, there's going to be a point, Ron or Donald Trump, where you're going to have to get on stage and have Joe Biden look at you and be like, well, I'm the one that ended COVID. As true as it is or not, which, by the way, I'll just reiterate my point that I'm yeah. standing like the same amount of people are fucking dying every day of COVID as it was at the worst. So right. fucking over is one yeah, thing. But, but like, I know we're, 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 we are over it mentally as a people, but like as a social, as a social yeah, thing to talk that's about. That's what I mean. Right. Like at the end of the day, like either you got your shot or you didn't. But at this point, like the national conversation and the political zeitgeist has moved on from that. I got my yeah. shot. A lot of people fucking didn't. But like that is not a political winner. That's not where the political conversation is. I don't think that's what's moving voters on either part, like either side of the political spectrum. And like this dude spent like, like what, like 20 minutes at least talking about that? Like bizarre, weirdo, freak. Yeah. It, it's People want to vote feeling like they're casting a vote to at least make the next few years, if not better, at least not worse. And no, no one wants to think about like, hey, remember three years ago? Yeah. It's like, I, I'm trying not to. Yeah. I didn't have fun during quarantine. You know, my whole life had to hit, I had to hit pause on everything. And, and it was scary. I was afraid I might lose somebody. Now, yeah, I really want to vote for the guy who's going to remind me of that over and over and over. I want to talk about the housing crisis nationwide, inflation, affordability, the war in Ukraine. Like there's a yeah. lot of like issues that are part of the zeitgeist right now, like covid for better or for worse, like it's not occupying that space anymore. And like, yeah. I, I get it. Like that is the issue that propelled him. But like, he's just kind of starting to look like a bizarro freak by latching onto it and keep talking about the biomedical state and the vaccines. And you just look like a fucking weirdo. Well, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be an episode of Walt if you didn't have at least one of us um, pointing uh, ire at uh, sort of establishment democrats on the other side and when you said tomas that like that's what fueled him i couldn't help it it, it kind of triggered in my head something that i was thinking when i was listening which was like we really have i think the dnc to thank for this fucking guy the fact that he's present the fact that yeah. he's a fucking thing at all between the way the dnc supported like the, the 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 like the last gasping vapor fumes of 2018 when they there was like those last little remnants of the Obama for America fucking apparatus that helped, I guess, probably helped kill him a little bit uh, to 2022. When by that point last year, the Democratic Party had the National Democratic Party had completely abandoned the state strategically. And now this guy gets to walk around and say accurately that he won by 20 points because he pretended COVID didn't exist or whatever the fuck is like. No, man, it's the fucking Democratic National Committee that made that that made the choice to just give up Florida as a, as as any kind of you know effort, but you know any kind of finance, any kind of you know backing, whatever. And yeah, of course he won by fucking twenty points. I'll give you a counterpoint though. Um, so you know I'm not trying to defend the DNC, which I am a member of, but reluctantly and elected. I don't take a dime from them, so don't don't fucking come at me. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm a Bernie guy, okay? Fuck off. But I will say. You know, the DNC actually invested heavily in 2018 and we came really close to defeating DeSantis, right? 30,000 votes. But like, bro, you know, they they look, if Bernie, I worked in the Bernie campaign 2020, like Florida was not part of the Bernie roadmap to victory, both in the primary or the general. Or in the general, yeah. And guess what? Like Biden was, Florida was also not in their path to victory and they won. Like they did not invest in the state heavily. They kind of wrote it off. And they won without it, right? 
But beyond that, in 2022, I think the DNC and the National Democratic Party looked at the map, right? Look at the la- looked at the last couple of elections and looked at what happened in 2020, and they said, "Well, look, we have all these competitive seats, right? In the Senate, in the House, we have limited resources, and we need to keep control of these chambers, or at least attempt to. And we need to make, you know, like we we need to make some some responsible investments." And you look at Florida then and you see a state Democratic Party that serves as an ATM for some of the most grifter fucking consultants in the nation that have not delivered results in 20 years, that constantly loses, that cycles through leadership year after year, that builds no infrastructure, builds nothing, that had the shittiest candidates at the top of the ticket nationwide. And then you had places like Wisconsin, you know what I mean? You have places like Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Nevada, Arizona, places that have had track record of success, better candidates, better state parties, you know what I mean? Where people said, you know what, like giving these people some money and some funding, it's an investment because they are building an apparatus. They're building a machine, right? However you feel about Democrats, you know, whatever, like you see the progress in Florida. I mean, donor money is just evaporating. It's like the Jeff yeah. Bush campaign. They're lighting it on fire. So, you know, I'm not a proponent of just like letting the state, you know, like die and like not funding it or whatever. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. That's why we do the work that we do. But I do understand also, you know, the flip side of that coin is like at some point people that like have like a national perspective and are looking at all 50 states say, you know what? Fuck these people in Florida. They're fucking taking me for a ride. And you have, and, right. and they are, you have all these fucking grifter consultants. That they're putting on fucking galas and yeah. shit in downtown Miami. And they're not actually, you know, achieving anything. Yeah, so and remember, the Valdemix, sorry, the Valdemix campaign, like raised like $80 million. Like the, the, again, we were underfunded, but like money was raised and yeah. it wasn't allowed to show for it. More than the DNC um, after listening. Cause I, I was, the only part where I really did feel like a wince was when um, DeSantis was talking about how the backlash to his book bans um, are basically like a media uh, invention. They're a media hoax. Everything You got to watch out because the media will invent something out of whole cloth and run with it. And I thought that was just a little too cute for the two people who I would say on that call are the biggest beneficiaries of media inventions have to be Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis. Elon Musk is where he is today because A, investors think that his companies, while not profitable today or not nearly as profitable as they should be, um, will be one day and will have a market share on a growing market eventually. He he has ridden the last 10 years on promising projects that he has not delivered, um, one of which will be the image for this episode title. The other has to be Ron DeSantis. And it drives me insane being up in New York, seeing it, the New York press treat Ron DeSantis while I I knew just from talking to you guys, every horrible, evil, vicious thing that was passing to the Florida legislature and feeling gaslit reading the New York press by saying that DeSantis is a desirable alternative to Trump because he's not cranky on social media at two in the morning. And I, 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 more than the DNC, I, I feel like the press is culpable for this, uh, this, these stars online. When, when DeSantis, um, you know, took from Chris, Christopher Rufo, who was his sort of like, uh, you know, his unofficial czar on education, 
uh, on higher education when he got into the very well you could tell he had like he was very well versed in precisely what he would do um nationally as a president DeSantis to the accreditation process and the various accreditation you know organizations um governed as they are or regulated as they are by the 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 department of education you know federally that to me was a thousand times scarier than anything that trump did from 2017 to 2021 because i know it's it's a hokey point to bring it up at this point but like like Trump was pretty incompetent. He could barely get anything done. He could barely get the skid marks out of his fucking uh, underwear to hear the people in the White House tell the stories. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. His attention span was a fucking kitten, and it was that of a kitten. And he, from one day to the other, the focus would change. And for the good of the republic, I think in most cases, because the shit that he couldn't get done, it was good that he couldn't get it done. Now right. you're talking about a guy who he outlined an actionable and as far as i can tell knowing what i know about education on the federal and local level completely attainable plan to turn the national accreditation system of how we decide what education is what counts as a fucking diploma and what's just university of phoenix or whatever like to turn that on its head and to remove any pieces of it that don't agree with his ideology and he was like not hiding behind flowery language when he described it he was like dead ass like 100 it was like the language of a tactician yeah it wasn't the language of an educator yeah absolutely if i was one of his supporters i would be very heartened by that i'd be like oh wow yeah he knows he knows how to get it done this is a guy that can get it done and as somebody who's an opponent of him my my warning and i think our warning should be he knows how to get it done like that should also be the thing that we're scared of he's practicing right now yeah i mean needs to figure out Twitter spaces too. I mean, you know, like, no, like I wouldn't say he's like the most competent guy. I, that's the thing, right? I, I think in the floor, like, yes, I think DeSantis is much more competent than Trump and much more dangerous. But I do think that if this guy ever became president, like he would eat so much shit too, right? Like, Congress would fuck his ass. Like the gridlock in Congress, they would not tolerate this sort of shit from the executive. You know what I mean? Like the agencies like would not tolerate this sort of shit. Like I, I do think that like he 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 has had it easy in Florida because he's had a compliant legislature and you know, state agencies that have been like pacified for decades of GOP control, especially under Rick Scott, but this guy also sucks. I mean, he's a fucking loser. But Gerald, as 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 our national correspondent, um, like, <laughs> is, isn't it to, to Tomas's point? Isn't it like foreseeable that a, a election result that somehow puts a Ron DeSantis in the White House is one that also would probably be handing over both chambers of the legislature yes. to the to the Republicans, right? Yeah, I think at the very least. Um, at the very least, they expand on their House uh, majority, um, and they only have a, a two seats in the Senate flips the chamber. Right. I mean, these are very thin margins. People think like, oh, well, he won Wisconsin. Biden did not win Wisconsin by like banger numbers. That would like oh. the states that he flipped: Georgia, uh, Arizona, Wisconsin. Like these were it was tight. It races. was it was forty thousand votes across like what yeah. three states. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, people people think like. 
you know, I, I think if there's only one thing that Biden can count on, it's uh, people who don't like him voting for him anyway. Mm. Um, I think the people who in the midterms uh, said they had like, they leaned disapproval. It wasn't like strongly disliked, but it was like I leaned towards disliking him. It was a 50-50 split between red and blue among that demographic in the midterms. And I think that's the only thing that he has going for him is an ambient dislike for the way things are going, but more contempt for what a guy like Ron DeSantis would do if given the keys. And the thing that makes me think that Biden could beat him out is the fact that he's just running a campaign that is like the national strategy that just ate shit in the 2022 midterms in the first place. In other words, his whole thing was, let's not, <laughs> all, like, was it all my losses or lessons or whatever? They weren't even lessons. It was just like, all right, let's run it back. The Rufo thing didn't work. Let's put him on our national team. Um, I, d- Does any of it penetrate? to no. a, a, a liberal like anything that happened tonight like does any of this penetrate the lib brain the like the I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you no i'll tell you how i know that um the budweiser the bud light boycott um the people i know up here who are boycotting bud light uh don't actually care that much about transgender anything like they, they in fact they will tell you that they know a young person who's trans and that they like them or whatever yeah. Um, I think Nikki Haley was just at Politics and Eggs uh, in New Hampshire and tried out a Dylan Mulvaney line. And no one cared because, like we said, what does this have to do with my housing? What does this have to do with my health care? What does this have to do with anything? This has nothing to do with me. And I think that's what they don't understand about the transgender issue is people either know someone who's LGBTQ or whatever it is and are, are like fine with them. Or just if they don't, they're like, I, this really just has nothing to do with me. You are literally talking past me to talk to Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> I, I, I think people feel that. Yeah, I think we've, we've talked about this. And I, I don't want to sound like a cheery optimist, but I think I am at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Because, you know, to be someone on the left and an organizer, you kind of have to be a little bit of an optimist. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I really don't think that most people... I mean, some people are bad and evil, but I don't think most people wake up every day being like, wow, I fucking hate, you know, my fellow human beings. I hate people who are different than me. And I want those people to suffer. I want the world to be crueler to other people. I really don't think that. And I do think that, you know, there's biases and phobias, you know, in, in everyone to some degree, whether less or more. But at the end of the day, I do think that like, yeah, like these politicians can a- appeal to like our worst, you know, instincts. But at some point, people get tired of it, right? And someone like DeSantis right. that offers nothing except anger and being aggrieved and just, you know, bitterness. At least with someone like Trump, who I like think sucks and I would never vote for Trump. Yeah. At least with Trump, like he's kind of funny. Like he's an entertainer. Like you remember him from like Home Alone, right? Like. But like with with DeSantis, it's just like this guy is just bitter as fuck, and I think at some point people just get tired of that. Can I yeah, can I, I can I posit like a different take on that? Where sure. I think that they do the same video, uh, the rare occasions every year that the, the on the rare occasion when the New York Knicks actually get into the playoffs, they do this video, right? They did it with Trey Crowder, they did it with Paul Pierce, they did it with um, 
They did it with Jimmy, with Jimmy Butler, where they go outside of Madison Square Garden and they ask ravenous, crazy, insane Nick fans, what do you think of Trey Crowder? What do you think of Jimmy Butler? And right. they're the most like venomous, horrible, you know, Butler, I'm going to fuck you up the ass. What are, you know, like horrible yeah, shit, yeah. terrible, right. terrible shit. And then they, they finished the interview with them by saying, but would you want him on the team? And invariably, I, my, 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 my fellow Knicks fans, they never let me down. They're like, hell yeah, of course. If he wanted to come here tomorrow, we would love him. And I, I bring that up. Everyone, want, everyone wants someone on their team. But I bring it up, Jerry, because it feels like like increasingly the shit that you're talking about is is divorced. And again, this is not a novel idea. People have talked about this. But the the hatred part, the peace it's the, the the piece that the, that that makes you go into Target and knock over shit and like you know break Bud Light bottles, is mm-hmm. almost like it's become part compartmentalized into entertainment brain. Like that's my fun shit. That's what I go do for fun. Oh no, I would never actually hurt a trans kid. I mean, they're kids. I don't want to do anything to them. You know, like to your point, Tomas. Like these people are good, but they're like they're poison. Their brains are like fucked up on. They're they're like they're sniffing the the, the good shit that's got them. You know, running up in Target and knocking shit over, and like you know, throwing live laugh lesbian shirts around and I shit. Mean, those, like those, it, those it's, it's like it's compartmentalized. People. Those are the bad people, but I think you know most people are not doing that. By the way, I got a CNN breaking news alert, y'all. Friend of the pod, George Santos has spoken, and he says yes. after this bizarre Twitter space, forty fifth will be forty seven. End of conversation. Followed by. A ringing endorsement, hashtag Trump 2024. So George Santos has spoken. Uh, yeah. Do we know? He, he he took the digital newsletter and ripped it up and threw it in the trash. <laughs> That's Do we know um, what uh, Miami's Miami Beach's own George Santos, Fabian Basabe, who he's, who he's supporting? Uh, I think he endorsed the Santos. He was part of that, like, 99 cucked, like... The uh, state legislature endorsement <laughs> list. Um. So look, that the thing that the thing that probably actually stuck out to me and didn't feel like a smooth content orb um, of this of this event was the thing about education, and um, then also I would say the other thing was just uh, the the whole segment with um, Dana Loesch, who I hadn't thought about in a long time, like who I've I forgot about completely her. forgot about her. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, and is NRA TV still up? No, I think that NRA TV is down, and I think that she's syndicated now on <laughs> like actual radio, on real radio. Um, so NRA TV is, I think, was a was a, um, you know, NRA, the NRA was a, a victim of its own shit, right? Like it was like kind of corrupt internally. It had like it, it, apart from its shitty mission and overall broad evil, it was because like, lots of companies and organizations and groups are evil. But they were just bad at bookkeeping, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They like weren't good at keeping the bills paid. Um, so apart from that, was there anything in the content of of what was said that stuck out to you guys that was maybe new DeSantis? Like shit that you hadn't really heard him weigh in on? Um, or was this all just retread? I, 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 I pulled the plug at the Rufo part. Because once I heard that name, that they're bringing him back, I was like, <laughs> I, I know how this ends. Just like not tonight, but in general, I know how this ends. And I felt like there was nothing really to learn. Um, I was very surprised that he, it was weird. It was like, like a greatest hits album for a band that's never released an album. 
Like it was like <laughs> it was like here's all our best songs put together. It's like who are you? I'm sorry. Like <laughs> just hitting like the 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 like if the Newsmax grievance addict pleasure zones yeah. and nothing else. I was I was just very surprised by the narrowness of the focus for something that like to Tomas's earlier point. Tim Scott is at least being seen with other people yeah. in a big space with a big idea, yeah. big vision yeah. for America. Yeah, other people. This is something on my <laughs> this is something like on my cover. notes. This is something on my notes that I really wanted to bring up and get you guys' thoughts on because I don't think we've talked about this before. Maybe we have on chat, but um the idea that that Ron DeSantis and somebody Ron had one of the DeSantis had one of these um, you know, pre-announcement uh, 30 second spots that he released I think about two weeks ago and all of the videos or I'm sorry all of the all of the clips all of the you know all of the the, the visuals were voters salt of the earth you know real people real Americans you know corn and farm in the back farms in the background and shit like that um, you know kind of like entertaining the idea of voting for Ron DeSantis and somebody very astute and I wish I could give them credit because I, I, I misplaced the tweet but they had a really great thread about how Notice in the production, all of the, every single person in the commercial is engaging with the concept of Ron DeSantis through a screen. They're looking at their phone. They're watching an ad. They're like mm-hmm. seeing, yes. you know, a text message from a friend. Oh, DeSantis, you know, like there, and, and I think that there's, it's, it's a little bit of a half baked theory right now, but like, I feel like he is the first real, like completely media creation um vi- like viable candidate not like a candidate that might actually you know make some noise a candidate that has like some some kind of numbers and i, I couldn't help but think about that when we when i when, when everybody was like why is this fucking guy doing this on twitter why is this happening on like this broken fucked up technology with the online guy the online billionaire guy like why why are they doing it this way we saw why at the diner in new hampshire because if you ever met him in person and you told him your name you'd go okay that's why (laughs) all the people he hires are just these fucking weirdo freaks that live on twitter like jeremy redfern or christina pushaw like christina pushaw yeah these fucking losers that like are just on Twitter all day. So of course they think this, this is brilliant. And I do have to share this. So this fucking loser is right now on Fox news doing damage control with, uh, Trey Gowdy, whatever his name is, the former congressman, Trey Gowdy, Mm -hmm. the silver Fox. So he says, you can call me whatever you want. Just make sure you call me a winner because that's what we've done in the state of Florida. Like, how beta is that? Like, you can't the shit, tell people to call you a winner. You sound like yeah. a child. You sound like a so loser. You also can't say call me whatever you want because then people are going to do that hey. on the internet that you spend all your time on. <laughs> people think about the big gorilla in the room who's – fucking cucking you and calling you a loser for months now and again you're deflecting and being like well you can just call me a winner you sound like a little boy donald it's trump has so many so advantages over really, him i think about the yeah. time i think about the time where trump was i forget on what ridiculous debate stage it was but trump was first confronted with the, in, in person with the idea that QAnon exists and he was able to not convincingly but he was able to plausibly say 
I don't know much about them. I'm not like I'm not online that n- enough. And people, we, we kind of look at them like, yeah, well, he probably vaguely knows what QAnon is, yeah. but like, but that's believable. If Ron DeSantis tried to say he doesn't know like the deepest, darkest, most online weird shit, nobody yeah. would believe oh, him. I, sure. he, you know no. that he's like got Pepe shirts and shit. Like he's like you know he is he is that guy. Like nobody's gonna be able. To, he can't. My point is that he can't. Um, plausibly sell us on that degree of remove where like let's be honest being online is pathetic it's fucking lame it's really lame to be that online and and to be able to be like donald trump and be able to say like i'm not really online that much and people believe you and then to be desantis there's just no nobody's gonna buy that shit we all know that you're super hyper tuned into every little fucking thing it's believable for Trump because he has a building with his name on it that he can just walk into and hang out at. What does Ron DeSantis have to go to other than the internet and the governor's mansion that other people have lived? Like, this is it. He's like, to Tomas's point, he's hired a bunch of people who saw the God Emperor Trump memes in 2015 and were like, this must be the road to power. This yeah. is what, this is me now. Like, this is, this is, this, there must be something to this. Rather than just seeing that it was like neckbeards, like tailing, like a Trump phenomenon, yeah. thinking that the neckbeards must have, they must be like magic warlocks that are giving Donald Trump their like internet. Yeah, Chris, Christina Pusha booting up a fucking PowerPoint where it's like, what if Pepe, but an alligator on the Gadsden flag, you know, or some shit, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, don't tread on Florida. Yeah, and It's like just cheesy, iterative, unbelievable, like not, not, yeah. not credible type shit yeah. yeah it's it's i don't know so um that's all bullshit happening online uh but why don't we talk a little bit and maybe end this end this episode a little bit by talking about shit happening in in the real world tomas you were tomas you were um downtown today do you want to tell us a little bit about the activities that you had going on yeah i exited the matrix uh the twitter.com and uh, decided to interact with people for a little bit in meat space um, yeah, and in real space and the three D world, um, but yeah, basically, you know, we we called uh, for a protest uh, outside of uh, the the Four Seasons because again, you know, the, the Santos did his like oh, oh, again. This is how bizarre this man is. He is doing his like announcement on Twitter dot com in like the 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 the, the online world. And then they rented a hotel, the Four Seasons, an expensive hotel in Brickell in the financial district of Miami for like donors to go in there and bundle money for him. But there is no campaign announcement. DeSantis is not there. There's nothing for like supporters. There's no grassroots event. There's no rally. They literally just like rented a bunch of rooms for them to do call time and bundle money. Like disgusting. Like disgusting disgusting like this is supposed to be like a populist or whatever like come the fuck on so yeah we we um we basically like uh uh, held a protest there Uh, i would say about maybe like 300 people showed up not bad you know for like a weekday uh 4 p.m protest uh in like on a wednesday yeah in financial district of miami where there's no parking rainy day but yeah 300 people showed up um uh so you know lots of energy uh, some Trumper showed up, Blacks for Trump showed up, uh, Laura Loomer showed up. I got to talk to them. I think that you have donors here who obviously don't like President Trump. And you have a lot of these, it's kind of like the 
uh, you know, like Revenge of the Nerds, right? Everybody that got dissed <laughs> or owned by Trump in 2016, especially the Cruz crew, has united again around Ron DeSantis. You have the entire uh, Ted Cruz apparatus politically and also uh, like the donor political apparatus as well, the Mitt Romney political apparatus, all of the most treacherous rhinos in our country that have worked to undermine the MAGA movement and have been attacking President Trump since he first came on the political scene as a candidate. They're all uniting uh, for Ron DeSantis because they view this as their opportunity to get Trump. Ron is a fuck, a, a punk ass sellout. Right. You understand? Yeah. So you'll never, ever get away from being a sellout. You trying going? to move too far to the right to try to make Trump unelectable. The only way you ever won is because Trump helped you. And not only did he help you, we came out there and helped your sorry ass. Now you got the nerve to be against Trump, running against him, you sorry, slick, snake-ass cracker. I hate your guts. Maurice Simonette, you, you can spell it. Y'all got my point? Don't don't ever talk to us again, racist rhinos and well, who is that? Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell. Bush, Bush. Bush. Romney, Romney. Not right now. Romney, all of them boys, all of y'all, John McCain, all of you. Well, he died, but he's still a racist rhino. You understand what I'm saying? Um, we we I got in the four the four seasons was completely blocked off by police tape. I managed to get in. Um, uh, you know, the, the, again, there were only donors walking around and, you know, suits and stuff. Uh, there was a caviar display for, oh, the, nice. for the, for the donor class. Uh, very populous, very populous, you know, uh, the prices were in the thousands of dollars, you know, completely accessible, right? Uh, who doesn't enjoy yeah. a little caviar on a Wednesday afternoon? Um, but yeah, you know, just again, just like. Like this is your campaign launch. Like this, you rent a fucking hotel for these fucking like Ted Cruz, you know Jeb Bush fucking freaks to like yeah. lock themselves and call you know special interest groups and you know like corporations and lobbyists to bundle money for you while you fucking sit with this asshole right wing billionaire, you know, and and like do the worst campaign launch in recent American history, you know, with like shitty tech that doesn't even work. What the fuck? What <laughs> the fuck? The the funniest thing is that I've, I've been a part of a lot of um, events and event planning. It's part of communications and like invariably, no matter how bad an event goes, the people who are part of it at the end of it, everybody kind of looks around and it's like, Oh, it's okay. We did okay, right? We did good because it's just this like groupthink shit that happens when sure. the when the um, adrenaline kind of leaves, you know, where you're like, oh, okay, did that? And I'm trying to imagine the 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 chutzpah that it will take for all the people involved in this to be like, you know what? I think net net it turned nailed out okay. It. <laughs> nailed it. Ne we nailed it, guys. Well, they are. So Brendan Leslie, who you know we've talked about the pay for play grifter that runs Florida's Voice. I mean, we. We did an investigation on him with the Florida Squeeze, um, and he went in, he went on Twitter, where else, and said uh, Ron DeSantis bro broke Twitter, right? As in, like, like you said, like too many people tuned in, you know, too much, man. Like, come on, you're such a fucking hack, and like a pay-to-play grifter, and like it's so disingenuous, you know what I mean? Like, and that's how they're, they're trying to spin it, right? Like. He broke the internet. Like, no, bro. Like, to, to be fair, Elon Musk, when he sat down with the BBC, what, like 4 million people? Like, like 
they've had bigger Twitter spaces than this. Sure. Yes. The tech just didn't work today because it didn't work. More people watched AOC play Among Us than that. Like, I mean, that that was like millions of people watched. Yeah, right. This was one hundred thousand into two hundred thousand people, and their solution was let's have David host. He has a smaller account. <laughs> that should fix everything. <laughs> How can you break something if a smaller thing works better? For for the faithful, put on the full armor of God. It didn't work because God hates you. You don't understand. God fucking I mean, hates you. And he God hates you as much as whoever designed your website. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of on the, on the topic of breaking news too, uh, it looks like just well, since we've been on this call and obviously, uh, part of a, you know, a big news cycle dump, the kind of thing that you want to do and get out of the way when people are talking about other shit, uh, Miami Herald, um, article just coming across the, tra- the transom. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez cancels all appearances as controversy swirls over private work for developer. So uh, I say that to tease um, my, my, my co-host's upcoming appearance. I'm going to get this shit up tonight, guys, just so if you're listening to this, you're probably hearing it right now. So uh, if you hear it in time, tune into uh, he's not on 790 AM anymore. It's on the Dan Levitard show with uh, with Stu Gotts, the Because Miami podcast with um, Billy Corbin. Tomas Kennedy will be on tomorrow slash today if you're listening on friday so uh t do you think you'll be talking about about uh about francis i don't know i mean we're, we're supposed to have billy on pretty soon so we'll definitely talk about it with him when he's uh, on again uh on our pod uh i mean i think billy mostly wants to talk about um you know the the shenanigans outside of the four seasons uh today uh but i don't know if he'll talk about it with me i think we're just going to focus on that but i would be shocked if it doesn't come up at some point in the episode so uh yeah it, it's he's yeah. he's I, I would guess he's gonna talk about it you guys remember that they were like floating this guy as like the 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 mr mayor you know uh can't presidential candidate like there was real conversations about this guy running for president i was gonna say they do this not infrequently they like a, a cute little mayor like he's like a little boy like oh like whether it's rudy he's the big bear pete Buttigieg is our little boy mayor like whatever reason they think like a, a mayor is just a cute little doll you can put on your shelf and stare at and point that and be like I, w- I wonder what he's doing today like it's, it's a very again we're saying it's a very weird media invention a media i feel, I feel like the venn diagram of people that think that like a mayor would make a good president are the same people that that are like always comparing the u.s budget to like a household budget yeah, yeah. like it's the same people yes. that are like that that have that like fucking rotted brains yeah, that, yeah. that think mm-hmm. that way but also like okay like daniela levine cava right like not necessarily like her or whatever but like miami dade county mayor right like right. that's a strong mayor like a strong mayor of three million people yeah there's executive power you run agencies you have real responsibilities like City of Miami mayor is not a strong mayor system. Like you're literally there to just like cut like fucking like ribbons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not an ex- like Francis Torres is not in an executive position. He runs nothing. All he does is just as we see now, literally just grift and use his position to lobby and get paid on the side to give permits to developers. So. The, the only re- the only thing I'm angry about, and I, I can't fault the Herald because I, I gotta say this was some great journalism. I 
am annoyed that they released this before he announced for president because they might have scared him off. And I really wanted Francis <laughs> to announce because it would have been, been fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I, I'm, um, I hope he still does it. It would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny if he pulled if he pulled the like the you know they're trying to silence me. Yeah, they George Santos. I'm the, yeah, I'm standing in front of. I'm, they're afraid of my power. They're yeah. coming for you. I'm just in the way. Yeah, in yeah. all capital. Yeah. In all capital. Witch hunt. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this underfunded, failing, dying newspaper is <laughs> is coming for you. Witch hunt. And the thing is, no one cares. Also, like it doesn't seem like it's getting much traction. No, no, it's, and it won't. It won't. First of all, it's buried. I don't think on it surprised story. anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the dude looks like a fucking like oil snake man. Literally, like, he looks like he's covered in oil. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the picture actually. No, that's and that's. A, I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm glad you guys having fun with this is making me feel better because I oh I was felt, already having fun with this. I felt <laughs> I felt so down in the dumps when I when I got on this call. I just oh, just hear no hearing all this stuff is depressing man it feels bad and like to, to what tomas just said about like oh none of this makes a difference i could just clip that and i could make that the, the like the subtitle of our whole fucking podcast like none of this makes a difference like i was thinking about a friend of the podcast danny rivero his like great um reporting alongside oh who was it that he did it with i think josh sabalos formerly of the Miami New Times and now over there at WLRN had an incredibly incredible incredible story. I think about a month and a half ago. I don't think we mentioned it on the show where it showed this money funnel going from uh, this Miami Dade County program where they basically come in and take seniors who have lost their own you know recognizance. They they take their houses away from them and you know they're supposed to liquidate them, put them on the market, help them get into some kind of like hospice or living care. And sure enough, it was like the city Tomas, I don't know if you remember the details. I believe it was the city attorney. Uh her husband was like the guy yanking these houses out from these old people and just selling them and and literally the next day marking them up and making profit on them. And again, God bless Danny, God bless Joshua Sabalos, but like it didn't fucking matter. It was on the front page of WLRN. It led all their news reports for like a week, and it just didn't fucking matter. And like, and I think about that when I think about the way that people are absorbing all the all of this, like sort of writ large, bigger stuff, the DeSantis, the discourse, all of this. It's like it fucking doesn't matter. In fairness, David, like there was a much larger story that the Miami Herald broke not too many years ago. That also hasn't led to anything other than a very mysterious prison death. Like that, yeah. I think for a lot of people, <laughs> the sense that you could just let people know that horrible things have happened, that it won't move. It, like that's, it's in the ether. You know, it's. I think it's been in the ether since the the post crash bailouts. I mean, maybe I'm biased because that was when I was coming of age. But it's just like, wow, you could really just like. <laughs> Do subprime mortgage fraud, and you'll be rescued by the government, and the people in the houses will get evicted. And that's just the way it's going to be. But I will say this. Yesterday, I went to Immokalee, uh, which is a rural area of Florida, for those who don't know. And I met with uh, uh, the CIW and construction workers and contractors and people that are being affected by this new idiotic and uh, uh, cruel immigration law. And like people were energized, like I've never seen them before. I mean, these were not activists, not organizers. They were just regular people. Again, contractors, construction workers, small business owners, you know, agricultural workers. And they were like ready to take action. 
I think people are energized right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think it does matter. Um, and I think things can be turned around. But, you know, I mean, we're up against, uh, you know, an economic and political system that is, like, completely rigged and fucked up. So it's going to take generations, honestly. <laughs> so to, to expand on that, I think I think people also sense your, like, um, I don't want to say malaise, but, like, just the sense that, like, things shouldn't be this way. And I think that shapes a lot of people's, especially in the last five years, it shaped a lot of people's politics that like the recognition that like, wow, some, nothing came of this. Well then now where do I go from there? And that, that will inform what their actions are going to be. I don't think that they just squander that, you know, you know it, it, it gets channeled. A lot of people ask me, you know, like uh, yesterday I was on this other podcast. I told you guys, and the guy asked me, what's, what's your call to action? What do you, what are you telling people? You know, I said like, I mean, like, sure, go out and vote. Like, you know, it's like, just go out and vote. But like, I mean, you should vote. But like, you know, like beyond that, because, you know, you go out and vote and you get the same shitty candidates, you know, like, like special interests that dominate the process. I'm not saying don't vote, but like be aware that like voting is not the end all be all. And that in and of itself, it's not going to lead to structural change. I'll tell people, just get angry. Like that is the first step. You should get angry at the fact that you are being grifted, right? And yeah. like get angry, not at your like fellow person, not at like someone that's on the same socioeconomic status as you, not at gay people or trans people or immigrants or black people or whoever, like get angry at the people who are in power who are fucking grifting you. Yeah. So I think, you know, again, that might sound yeah. a little off or harsh or negative, but I really do think that yeah. people need to start getting a little angry i agree i think there are there are it's not that it doesn't matter it's that there are people who keep it from mattering and those people have a lot of power and influence you know so all in all um out of out of 10 fave stars what do you guys give this this twitter spaces i give it uh uh i I would say like it's 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 it was entertaining and uh and also incredibly dispiriting so i will give it a five out of ten i think it will be remembered in the way that like the howard dean scream is remembered i think it will be like a, a people will remember where they were when they listened to nothing for 25 minutes like they will remember that the wealthiest man in the world owns the shittiest website ever made and couldn't get it to work. It's also (laughs) the best social media platform. Yes. Yes. I'll give it a 10. I thought it was excellent uh, for all the wrong reasons for them, for the right reasons for us. But I thought, keep it up. Like, yeah, keep going.